and welcome to the Eerie Nerd Podcast, the podcast where I talk about all things geek. In this episode, I am joined by my partner Jess as we discuss the events of the most discussed TV episode in recent days, episode 3 of HBO's The Last of Us. The episode is called A Long Long Time and stars Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation playing Bill and Murray Bartlett from The White Lotus playing Frank. In this episode, we see a very touching story between Bill and Frank, but join us as we discuss in detail our thoughts on the episode. Enjoy. Hi Jess, welcome to the Eerie Nerd Podcast. Hello. How are you? I'm alright. Lovely. So we're here to discuss episode three of HBO's The Last of Us. Um, so, So far, what are you thinking of the show? I am a massive fan. I absolutely love it. Um, I love the games, um, although I didn't necessarily play them. I watched you play them um, from start to finish, um, particularly Last of Us 2. Um, so I know the storyline, and so far the show is not disappointing in the slightest. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree. I'm absolutely loving it. It's one of my favourite TV shows on TV at the moment, and it's one that I'm really eager to carry on watching and, and really see where they go with it. I think the last two episodes they've knocked it out of the park so it's really really exciting to see where they're going with it. Um, so what do you think the show does that's unique that makes it different from shows like you know The Walking Dead and um, Black Summer and that sort of thing, that the typical kind of zombie TV shows? I think obviously there are things that are similar in anything that's kind of what you might call post-apocalyptic um, but I think the reason it, it stands out to me is is the storyline and it's also the really strong characters that are in it as well. Um, but it's also the way they've made it look and feel, I think, is really unique. Um, it's really detailed. It's really, really thought out. And I think in other shows that are very good in, in lots of other ways, I think they lack that kind of real character development and that attention to detail that The Last of Us just seems to do so well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you there, but I think from a gamer's perspective, and a lot of our listeners will probably agree with us on, on this point, is that it has to be one of the best video game adaptions I've ever seen. Not only are they doing scene for scene almost you know, of certain moments that is ripped from the game. They're also adding in scenes which flesh out what happened in the game. So, in my opinion, from the the whole bit with Tess in episode two, a lot of people complained about it that it wasn't the same as the game. But as I said to you when we watched it, you can't have it the same as the game because straight away afterwards you're in a shootout. That would just be boring for people to watch. And for people who've never played the game before, they're not going to understand why all of a sudden are they are they shooting soldiers sort of thing you know so when they add that sort of aspect to it absolutely love it but look we're here to talk about episode three which is called a long long time and this focuses on one of the characters which was kind of personally for me a character which was not one that i really gelled with and i didn't particularly like in the game and i think a lot of people probably felt that way um but this focuses on on this story and his story and that's the story of of bill and frank now what do you what did you think about the episode not really playing the game not really knowing those characters what what did you think of it 
I think it's actually an incredibly important episode um, for a lot of different reasons. I think um, he is he is actually similar to Bill in the game. It, he does still have that part of Bill, but it's fleshed out a lot more, obviously, and it goes into a lot more detail and obviously changes the outcome of what happens in the game. Um, I think it's an important episode because it shows immensely intelligent and emotional storytelling both from the writers and the actors um, getting to know those characters so quickly and having such an emotional connection with them is incredibly important I also think it is actually now a really important part of the rest of the storyline as well um, in the sense of how that interacts with Joel going into the rest of the storyline and in that aspect, um, I don't know what you think, but it definitely was a really important episode in so many shapes and forms. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. I think being able to flesh out um, Bill's character to one that, like I said before, you didn't really know and really kind of bringing life to him and seeing him in a total different way. We're going to touch on why we think that later on. Um, so you mentioned the acting there and obviously we want to touch on the actors. That's Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett. Um Obviously, they are fantastic actors anyway. Um, Nick Offerman, obviously, I know from Parks and Recreation. I've never seen Murray Bartlett in anything before, so that was a new actor to me. But certainly, the character that Nick Offerman plays in Parks and Recreation is this manly, I'm a, you know, I'm a man, I do everything, I'm a strong American man, I can do whatever I want sort of thing. And you get that impression with Bill at the very start of the episode. You know, when he's kind of in the house and he looks up and he hears the federal agents in his house and he's like, not today, motherfuckers, whatever it is he says. And you get that impression that he's a strong American man. I love guns. I love I love America and all this kind of stuff. But then that changes throughout the episode. And I think what's important is as well, the initial impression you have of him is probably, you know, a prepper, um, a survivalist, um, probably um, probably more, this is just an impression, probably more on the right wing of politics, a bit of a conspiracy theorist. And yet, even before um, Frank comes into it, you get a little, little bit of a taste that there's a lot more to Bill than that. You know, he likes fine wine and food and um, music and I think that's really important at that point it's already giving you a glimmer of don't just judge this book by by its cover well, also when you I agree with you but also what you mentioned there about him being like a prepper and things there's a line in it which makes me think that he's actually more of a recluse in his normal life before even the the apocalypse happened and that's when he says this isn't a free lunch at Arby's and that's when Frank says, Arby's never did free lunches, it's a restaurant. And it's that sort of thing of, did Frank ever, sorry, did Bill ever go to restaurants? Or did he just live, literally live on his own, not go out anywhere, stayed at home because he didn't want to face people? Was he very much of an introvert in that sense? Then Frank comes along and, and changes that and lets him know, actually, there's there was a world before this sort of thing. Well, actually, I kind of go a bit, I agree with you in part on that, but I think actually for Bill, the kind of post-infected world, this new world, is actually initially for him 
it's freeing it's free from societal norms it's free from worrying about controlling governments although obviously they're still federal things but in the sense of what it was like in the old world and i think initially for bill it's incredibly freeing to him and um i think that's probably something that actually to start off with he's probably more happier after the apocalypse than he was beforehand but as we know as we meet frank it's not just about being prepared and surviving and it becomes a story about more than survival and it comes more about an aspect of humanity that is we are no longer just about survival survival of the fittest we we need love and companionship and someone to share the world with even in this post-apocalyptic world and just very quickly i think the two of them what i think's lovely is in the old world frank and bill probably would have never met would have never been in the same type of circles might have not even ever given each other the time of day yet in this world which is now so brutal it's a moment for two people to come together who may have never had the opportunity to come together in a world that we might have considered less brutal beforehand. 100%. And I think I know the answer to what the question is I'm going to ask now, and, and I can probably give the answer myself, but I want to hear it from you. Other shows have touched on the subject of love in an apocalypse, i.e. The Walking Dead, which is the main one, but they've not done it in a way that this show in one episode has managed to do. You know, Walking Dead, you had the story of Maggie and Glenn, which was an ongoing love love affair, love story. Then you had the, the love between uh, Rick and Michonne. But, but there's not been an episode in The Walking Dead, anyway, that has, has such, such an impact as this one. And I, possibly it's because it's a different uh, subject matter than what The Walking Dead had ever covered. But... It has to be something to do with the writing as well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of things, actually. I think the fact it's two middle-aged, hairy men falling in love is wonderful. It's not something we see on our screens very often. And and they're men that aren't six-packed and chiselled and yeah, beautiful Yeah, just looking. middle-aged men. And also, I think that, to me, makes the story of their love story even more um, emotional and connecting because it is so blatantly shines a light on love is love it's it that's all it is if you fall in love with someone you fall in love with someone and gender and the way someone looks or anything like that ultimately is not at the forefront of your mind if you get a connection with someone as as instant as Bill and Frank's connection. And I think that makes the storyline as well. I think the way the writers created their lives in, what, 30, 40 minutes, ultimately, because we had, you know, in the rest of the episode, we did have kind of um, Joel and Ellie as well. It's like, I think as probably a lot of people have said it's like up it's like the beginning of up 100%. um 
it's this wonderful way of telling the story of two people's lives in a short amount of time but actually their lives covering many years feeling that emotional roller coaster with them and I think that's rare I think that doesn't happen very often and I think it takes a skill as a writer and as actors and editors and and directors to be able to portray that love story in in really such a beautiful way it was done with sensitivity and beauty and thoughtfulness and all those things that by the time you got to the end even though the ending made me cry and I know made you cry and a lot of people cry and a lot of people hurt you know cry until they hurt it it was still a beautiful ending as well I think also the the reason it made people cry is I think it also made people think about how they would react if their loved one was in that situation and I think that's part of it but like you say I think it's also to do with the the fact it is just pure unadulterated love and it's just love in its purest form I think that is what makes people so happy and I think also for me I said this to you when we we were discussing it afterwards it's the this whole thing of Bill being this strong independent I'm a man I'm a strong man I don't you know I don't, yeah, I'm a proper manly man but when they fa- share their first kiss beforehand you suddenly see him turn into this nervous little boy and he's cowering into himself and he's you know really unsure if if, and it's just a total contrast to what the character of bill you've you've known from the first 10 minutes of the show you've kind of gone well that's that's that's, this he's nervous like this this man actually gets nervous and clearly this frank gentleman is someone that he should really be with like you know what i mean it's someone someone they, they should they're sharing something and i think that's really important i think what the writers have done have, have, has just blown it out of the water and i don't think any show will be able to create that feeling that everybody's felt for these two characters i think that links into the fact that obviously bill couldn't be his true self in the old world mm, which probably um is what kind of also a lot of people can kind of um associate with as well i think that's good that you were saying you saw the more vulnerable side to him which was lovely but on the same side as you kind of went through the years in the next scene they're having a fight you it still was bill it was still was him he was still his prepper he was still his his him his self so they complemented each other. They they needed each other, and they perfectly complemented each other as well. But that's what was quite nice about the contrast between the, the the episode and the game is that we discovered afterwards that you can actually go back in the game and pick up Frank's suicide note and read it for yourself. Because if you don't do that, you don't really understand what's in the note. And it says it says at the end of the note, "I'd rather kill myself than have to spend the rest the end of the world with you." Or something along those lines. I may be, you know, I may be kind of, you know, freeballing it there. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure the actual words. But when they're having the argument in that episode, you can kind of, kind of see where Frank is coming from because because he's angry with him. But then you just see straight away actually, no, 
they're even though they're angry with each other you can still see that love there when they look at each other and then you go to the scene of where bill goes out to protect the property and then he leaves Frank inside and doesn't tell when Frank about it. When the raiders it. When, there, the, yeah. when the raiders, sorry, yeah, raiders come, he goes out, he goes to protect, and he does it without telling Frank. In a way, is is that what Bill has always done? Just gone out to face them and said, I'm going to t- take them on. But now he has something he needs to worry about. Well, I think that's the key thing a lot of people have said that I've watched people who've reacted to the episode say is they don't think Bill's character would have just ran out with a gun and started shooting raiders without protection. He probably would have had a sniper rifle from an upstairs bedroom window or something. But I actually think, yeah, probably if Bill was by himself, he would never have run out there just shooting. He would have done it in a clever way, in a safer way. Because he knows not to do that. But because he has something to lose, which is that lovely line of, before I met you, um, I won't have it right, but, uh, you know, he now has so he now has something has to fear um, because he's purpose, worried yeah. about losing Frank. Him running out kind of recklessly to shoot the raiders is because he has something to lose and he doesn't want that to happen. So um, he doesn't maybe do it in the way he might have done if he had been there by himself, which was probably a little bit more cleverer, you know, shooting from a bedroom window, whatever it was. Um, I think that showed that he didn't he needed to protect it even more than what he felt like before as well um yeah i think what we need we need to talk about obviously um tess and joel coming to see them because we can't talk about this lovely relationship that bill and frank have got without highlighting the relationship that joel and tess had or didn't have because in the game it's never confirmed that Joel and Tess had a romantic relationship. It was just assumed that they had a romantic relationship, whether or not they were partners, whether or not they were just sleeping together out of convenience, or whether or not there was an actual love there. But in the episode, it seemed to show that they were this partnership. I I think they were um, together. It just was never... an an official thing it was never I love you you love me um you know uh let's look after each other it was kind of an unspoken thing between them and I think um seeing Frank and Bill together um may have shown Joel that you can have that love the open love for someone again even though that makes you fearful of losing them because I think this kind of links into how important this is into Joel's storyline which is Joel has been since the beginning of the apocalypse or whatever the infection you want to call it love has been has hurt him you know so because of loss and you know his his daughter um, and probably many other people he's come across around him. Tess, obviously he's fallen out with his brother. And actually love to him is a dangerous thing in this world. Because when you love someone, you might lose them. And that's heartbreaking. And actually that's why it was so important what Bill said to Frank about, you have now made me afraid. You've you've given me purpose, but I wasn't afraid before. Because... 
to have that love means you you have the the chance that you're going to lose that person and i think which is why it's so important this episode and when joel and any eventually get to bills and obviously find the note it's really important to joel to understand that yep love hurts and it could hurt even more and keep hurting you in this new infected world but you still need it and it's not just about survival you need the love and companionship to get through it and i think that is kind of a turning point in joel's mind of yeah he can't do that with tess but he has the option to now help ellie through this life and i think it's the beginning of their their relationship between each other um and bill's letter and is so pivotal in that moment yeah i think also bill's letter is pivotal in that moment also because it's such a contrast to what the letter what frank's letter was in the game and we've read a lot of hateful disgusting comments about this episode and that is just from people who are small-minded, bigoted, horrible people who need to just crawl back under the rocks that they've come from. When you can't just see that this episode is just about pure love. And I go, think it's actually actually what Last of Us is about, even mm, in the games. 100%. And Neil Druckmann has said it, that in the past. It's about love and loss. And if you can't see that, even playing the games, you're missing the point and i feel sorry that you can't see that it's it's not actually about survival it's about more than survival um and i think this probably episode is even makes that even clearer that you have someone like bill who could have probably survived for years and years and years and years and years absolutely fine by himself and probably like joel could have survived years and years and years in this world by himself we need more than that. But what I think, just talking about The Last of Us as a whole, and it's something that we discussed in 2020 quite strongly um, when the second game came out, and it seems to be happening again here. The Last of Us has seemed to be able, has been able to, certainly The Last of Us 2 and this episode, has been able to bring out what is almost like the, the true feeling of a lot of people. So the gaming community went against Naughty Dog and Last of Us 2 when it came out because of Ellie and Dina's relationship and also Abby's... About giving spoilers for people who haven't seen The Last of Us. If you haven't seen The Last of Us 2 at this point, it's Yeah, but there might be people who... (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen it, yeah. But But you know what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty obvious that you would have seen it all around anyway. But then this episode, obviously with Frank and Bill, it's just brought the same... But I have bigotry out again, and it's almost like it's almost like Naughty Dog have gone. We're going to do this. Don't give a don't give a crap what you guys say about it because you guys are wrong and we're right because this is right. Yes, but I think you also have to remember that this that the people who the the kind of homophobes, the bigot, the bigots, the people who are ignorant, they're in a very small minority. Oh, absolutely, it they might are, seem yes. sometimes like they're shouting the loudest. Um, quite often because they like to. Um, Actually, I think what's a positive thing to go by is that the majority of people who watched this episode and also played The Last of Us 2 saw 
it for exactly what it was which was about love and loss and so much more than just very simplistic things and I think unfortunately as a woman and I'm like I said I do think it's still a minority but I do think in the gaming community there is a lot of homophobia and there's a lot of misogyny as well and I think it's really important that um we have games that are pushing the boundaries on those things and showing players that there are um, other ways to portray certain characters. Um, and I think that's really important. But again, I just go back to we have to remember this is the minority of people um, who just like to scream the loudest. Um, and actually, we should probably all feel sorry for them because if they can't see love for what it is, they probably have never experienced love like that in their own lives. And that's just a sad thing to think that to them, that is more of an important thing to feel anger at something like that than to see it for what it is. And that's just a shame, actually. It might sound that we're having a bit of a rant at, at, at this point with with all this, but it's it's an episode that has brought this subject matter to light. And it's something that obviously, in as Jess has very correctly mentioned, in the gaming community there is this this atmosphere of misogyny and, and homophobia. And it's you know, it's it's because people can hide behind a computer screen and say whatever ever the hell they want. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable anywhere. But this episode is 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 love in its purest form and i think we need to celebrate that and that is absolutely fantastic and no um, matter what it's going to trigger those people because they have the complete lack of emotional intelligence 100%. to understand it maybe one day they will and maybe one day this episode for a lot of those people they might be saying something online that's homophobic but who knows maybe behind the scenes they've watched it and it has made them think and reconsider their views and you know these type of things have the chance to do that and i think it probably in a positive note as well that it may have had an impact on people who may have had those type of views and have felt such an emotional response to the episode maybe they are reviewing their own opinions as well and hopefully that's, also, that's a step forward um as well also it may may have people who um are struggling with their own sexuality i might see this episode and go actually no it's okay because this is this is right this this feels right it's a simple so it, might, as... it might be able to allow people to go what i'm feeling is absolutely fine absolutely right and representation matters and absolutely. that's as simple as absolutely. that i've just got a question for you so um how do you think without giving us you know too many spoilers away because there may be people who haven't played the game um considering how incredibly emotional episode three was knowing what's coming both in the last the rest of the last of us and into the last of us two although we know there may be um deviations and adaptions to the storyline we i'm pretty sure the main storyline is going to run similar to the game um how do you think you're going to cope with what's coming up (laughs) Well, I don't think I'm ready for it. I don't think there's a lot of fans who are ready for it. Um, and that's not just, well, uh, as you say, it's not just what's in the future. It's it's what's in the near future as well. Um, for anyone who hasn't played the game, I don't want to spoil it. But when the game came out, there was a DLC mission 
that came out afterwards, which is full of emotion as well. And I know for a fact that they're touching on that in the episode, uh, in the series as well. And that is very emotional. But what Jess is referencing to is I don't want to spoil anything, but yes, that is way down in the, in, in the future. And we know it's go, it's we know it's coming up. And for those who've, who've never played the game, you are not prepared. If you get emotional at episode three and episode one with the death of Sarah, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> you are not prepared. So, yeah, just enjoy the episodes and the show for what it is. And feel the emotion and sit with the emotion because ultimately the the aim, the the feeling that the people involved in The Last of Us want you to feel at the end is love. So, um... Exactly. And one thing I want to, I kind of want to highlight on, and... The Last of Us 2 was voted the greatest game ever made. And At that point, there may be the other games that have made since. Yes, yeah. but... I, <laughs> Although I, I do agree with that. <laughs> I, think, I think it still holds the crown as the best game ever made for, you know, mechanically, for graphically, for, you know, all that. And this episode has actually been dubbed the best episode ever made of TV. Now, I'm probably inclined to agree with that. I mean, one of my favourite episodes ever of TV is the first episode of season seven of The Walking Dead, where you know you first kind of see Negan. That's one of my favourite episodes of TV. But this one, for me, has topped it. Well, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've watched this wonderful film and TV out there, and um, I'm sure there'll be wonderful film and TV to come in episodes. I just think it was this 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 show and this particular episode has just shown um I think like I said at the very beginning how excellent storytelling, writing, acting and an idea can be so gripping and emotional and um it's, I think it's all about creating characters that you care about, that you want to see what happens to them. And sometimes that's difficult to do. And sometimes that can get lost in a lot of things eventually. Um, I think they've just got such a great group of people together to do this. Obviously, wonderfully talented people. And also, just it's just the... It's it's sticking with the theme. It's sticking with the theme of love. It's sticking with the theme of loss. It's beautifully... It's a beautifully created, infected world, even though it's brutal and scary and horrific in places. But so is the real world at times. It, yeah. It, <laughs> Let's be it's, I think it's just... I think it's just... Sometimes things just... Everything comes together. And it's not just the acting or it's not just the writing. It's everything. It's the look. It's the pace. It's the attention to detail. It's the cinematography. It's when things like that just all come together into this kind of perfect um, um, show. And I think that's what they've got with it. They've just been able to create something pretty incredible, I think. And hopefully will continue to prove to be that. I totally agree. And I think that would be a perfect time to end this interview, guys. 
Jess, thank you very much for joining me in this episode. You'll be more than welcome back oh, to the to the Eerie Nerd Podcast. And guys, if you liked this episode of the Eerie Nerd Podcast and you also liked the episode of The Last of Us, please let me know in the comments down below your thoughts. Needless to say, as we have kind of suggested, I will not accept any negative comments in towards the community or towards anything like that they will be removed and you will be blocked from the channel but other than that guys i really hope you enjoyed it any final words bye for now <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode be sure to consider subscribing to the channel and did you know that i've got a patreon for three pounds a month you can support eerie earth my paranormal podcast and eerie nerd gaming and you will get a shout out in every single episode of Eerie Earth and every live stream. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Eerie Earth for more information. Also head over to EerieEarth.com for more information on my paranormal podcast and more on this channel. Thanks again for listening guys and join me next time on the Eerie Nerd Podcast. Bye bye for now.